Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sheena Thomas-Kelly from SB Nation. I'm Amir Tyree from DraftKings Nation. And we're the hosts of Football Cheat Sheet, a brand new podcast that comes out every Friday and provides you with the tools you need to win money and dominate your friends and fantasy this NFL season. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. And if you have questions about fantasy football, DFS, or betting options, drop your questions along with a five-star review, and we'll be glad to answer them on the next show. All right, uh, let's get anything. We had to go through hell and back to uh, get <laughs> to put on this show. Um, it's it's been a, a very difficulties. Very oh, 2020 yeah. episode of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we made it. But just know we're coming like in the midst of a tsunami to bring you guys fantasy football advice. So yes, we uh, are. That is commitment. Yeah, one thing I think uh, off the top that I wanted to talk about one of the bigger storylines coming into this week is um, the Steelers still the last undefeated team in the NFL right now, but Ben Roethlisberger uh, suffering injuries to both knees uh, coming up into week 10, which there's what I've been reading is there's a cautious optimism or something along those lines that he'll be able to play in week 10. But we know what a big drop off that is from if Ben Roethlisberger does not play to what it would be Mason Rudolph or what is the last, the last guy? Josh Dobbs, I think, is their uh, third-string guy, which not necessarily that Ben Roethlisberger has had, like, the best like the best numbers ever at quarterback. They're winning, but he hasn't had super amazing stats as far as, like, solid touchdown numbers, but not, not like, great yards or anything. But how much that could affect his uh, receivers, because a, a lot of people have been on uh, Chase Claypool. Any one of those guys can perform, like, a wide receiver one, like, week to week. Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Claypool, as well as uh, Deontay Johnson. So, Yeah, I think that that does make things really interesting for the Steelers this week. Um, those three, I, I did end up starting Claypool this past week in DFS, and he was kind of back on um, the arc that he was on a couple of weeks ago. Had a solid performance, I think 15.5 points off the top of my head. But yeah, not knowing what they're going to look like with somebody else behind center does make a big difference and creates a lot of uncertainty there. Yeah, because, and they're coming up against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who have not been great against the pass. But you kind of look at how uh, stagnant their all, their offense was because they really they shocked a lot of people in Week Nine. Everyone expecting to them just like like biggest blowout of the season kind of deal, and it ended up being a pretty close game. <laughs> the Cowboys, who have you know, who arguably they've probably jumped your Falcons. They jumped your Falcons as like the worst defense that everyone wants to line up against week to week. But yeah, yeah. they. Not necessarily that they laid an egg, but they weren't they they, uh, they weren't able to. And you know, Cincinnati hasn't been great, but I'd say they've been just as respectable, if not more, than the Cowboys this season. So I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that you should roster their defense, but 
I would honestly consider benching those guys. Like I think I think benching some of those guys like uh, Claypool if you have in season long, or like a Deontay Johnson type would make sense. Yeah, I think that you're totally right. Just a little aside, a gambling aside about the Steelers. I saw a really interesting parlay over the weekend and somebody had bet on a number of college football games and had gotten all of those right on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the only one that they had remaining was the Steelers over the Cowboys. And for a while there, it looked like yeah. that was going to just derail that entire parlay. <laughs> so congratulations to that guy. I think that he put down like $200 and won 232000 Like it was a ridiculous yeah. parlay. Yeah. And so uh, congratulations to whoever that was. Um, <laughs> but it, I'm sure that they had some, uh, some moments of uh, biting their nails there during that Cowboys Steelers game. No doubt. But yeah, that, that's definitely, um, that's a major one to, keep an eye on that maybe could fall short of expectations. Then another one who people are expecting a lot from uh, just looking at the, uh, just the starting um, lines from the games coming up, the Bills Cardinals expect to be like a, a big scoring game, which has a lot of fantasy upside for, for DFS. So I think uh, stacking wise, there'd be like some higher price stacks and they'll probably be pretty popular, but the um, highest point total, on draft on DraftKings coming for week 10 at 56 and the Cardinals are coming off two straight games where they've, they've gone uh, over 60. The Bills finally got back on track after, you know, Josh Allen has been in a slump for a while and they put up uh, hung 44 on the Seahawks to knock them off. So yeah, let's talk about uh, some of the fantasy football upside of, you know, just that game Two dual threat quarterbacks who can do a lot. Kyler Murray like smashes over under for rushing yards and, just yeah, everything like that. I think there's a lot of potential for, you know, getting getting as, as much of the uh, as much of the key guys in that game as yeah as can. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that there are going to lot there are going to be a lot of points to be had in that one. And um, you know, Murray is a guy that I always at least consider every week in DFS. He is a guy that I wish that I had landed in season long. Um, as you know, we've both got some season-long quarterback issues yeah. Uh, so yeah I think that anybody that you have on your rosters from those teams is probably a a good play yeah because a, a lot yeah there's just there's so much to kind of just look at across um you know the bill the bills uh, secondary hasn't necessarily been uh what they what they thought it could be with all, just all the talent they have because they looked at one of the more more well-rounded defense in the NFL coming into the year the bat the battery of uh Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in that uh, scenario. Then you have to look at Kenyon Drake. Is he coming back? Because Chase Edmonds went, got more touches than Kenyon Drake ever got um, while he was out last week. Something, something like 28 touches while as while working as um, the main back, where he fell short of expectations. Where um, I, I would have to uh, check in and see. I don't think I don't think his roster ship was was too crazy given. But they they literally have no trust in like the third guy who's behind Edmonds. So. If he can, if he can get thirty touches, like if he has Christian McCaffrey number number uh, as far as touches for like two thousand dollars or less, I know his his price dropped more from the sixty eight hundred that he was mm-hmm. at week nine. Uh, definitely getting some of that. And then on the on the other side, there's like Allen. Allen's rushing up. Allen's rushing upside. He's gonna be up there as far as like when he gets in the goal line, he can take it himself. Stephon Diggs, the most targeted player in the NFL so far. And then. Um, some uh, storyline to follow is uh, Zach Moss coming up behind Devin Singletary and is now like looking looking like their biggest threat out of the backfield. 
And even even on even those uh, those like wide receiver like uh, two three guys between like Christian Kirk and uh, Gabriel Davis was a huge one. And the the guy who won the Millie Maker who won the Millie Maker in like the main slate let, uh, last one Gabriel Davis uh, was a was a guy that he got in there. There's, just, there's a lot of options. Just even the like lower price guys that aren't the stars like Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, uh, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins are going to be those high price guys. But look at look at those like secondary guys like maybe like a and such a high scoring game someone like Cole Beasley like Mm -hmm. sneaks in there but yeah that's definitely something to uh keep an eye on because I think uh loading up on that even even though like paying like the higher price I think we're maybe really surprised us and combined for like 40 points which you know at this point I wouldn't be super surprised but I think I'm I think I'm baking on that and I might load up on some of that action at least one lineup yeah I think that that's a that would be a smart play and then Another one is, well, we'll, we'll I'll add, uh, I think I'll, we should add uh, Christian McCaffrey to the conversation because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to touch on was, uh, is, is this the end of Dalvin Cook reigning supreme? He's having a slowly, slow year, only 13 touchdowns so far this season. He's running for <laughs> like 163 yards and then 200 the following week. But um, his, uh, his tough matchup and how many uh, people will buy in on him uh, just going another going just like another crazy week because like ever ever since he's come back he's just getting like he's he's getting insane usage after they had the slight alexander madison spike and now it's back to the dalvin cook show yeah i mean now that he seems to be healthy i think that he is going to be dominant um yeah that's just the kind of player that he is so you know i was hoping that um i was hoping that alexander would get some more play because i was able to land him off the waiver wire in a couple of season long leagues but you know, I also am glad that Cook is healthy. I have him in at least one, I think one season long league. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been basically what we've always expected him to be in this league for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And I'm kind of torn. I'm a little torn on whether I, whether I want to buy in on him because he has, he has a tough matchup against the bears at soldier field, mm-hmm. but you know, the, not the, the bears have bears have a great defense. But, you know, there's like those those like sneaky guys have like gotten I don't think any no one's really like tore them apart. But like Todd Gurley had 80 yards against them uh, uh, early in the season. A couple other backs have gotten I think yeah, eight and Adrian Adrian Peterson went for like 93 earlier in the year and like here and there. But also they've shut down uh, some solid backs and, and kept them under 70. But I'm just trying to think uh, like the guys like McCaffrey, McCaffrey and Cook is there just like their amount of total touches just completely make up for uh, maybe not getting as much as they usually as they usually do per touch I mean yeah I think probably the one thing that I'm concerned about with McCaffrey is that he got kind of dinged up again this week I think that it was a shoulder um, uh, this past week week nine and so I think that right now my biggest concern with him is his health Um, that's definitely something to keep an eye on, but I mean, both of them, when they do get the touches, they are very productive. And so, yeah, I I just would have a hard time ever leaving either of those two out of my lineup. Um, they're not guys that I splurge on and DFS generally, because I find that that really keeps me from building a competitive roster Hmm. from top to bottom, but, um, in season long, absolutely. And is there anything that you wanted to touch on before we go into these, uh, just over unders kind of based on just, you know, just some things I thought would be worth uh, keeping track of coming into this week. Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about the over unders. Cool. cool. 
Well, the first one, just going over, we're not, we're not sure who's going to be under center for the Steelers, but over under 250 uh, passing yards or whoever the lucky man is. Uh, first for context, Big Ben averaging about averaging just over uh, 241 on the year. Which yeah, they, they I have a below average pass defense, but you know how much they do. They do. Um, I still am going to lean toward the under. I think that Connor is going to get a lot of work this week, like you alluded to earlier. Uh, I just, yeah, I, even though it is the Bengals, um, I do think I'm going to, I'm going to tr- hit the under there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the same. I think we see a lot was well, not, not even necessarily that Ben Roseberg is throwing the ball like as much as, you know, James Connor is up, is up there toward the, the league leaders uh, in rushing yards. I, I think they lean on him and maybe some of the other guys get, um, get a little bit more action. Like maybe you see um, Snell, and some other guys kind of get in, mm-hmm. uh, kind of get in there, but yeah, I would I would expect to them to go a little bit more in the rushing tag, but yeah, I I, I would le- I would lean toward the over even if Ben if, if Ben if Ben does uh, if he does end up playing though. So, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, which we'll see, but even even if he does, I don't I don't think by too much. Like it, it could be pretty mm-hmm. close. Yeah, I think that it would be, and I still think Connor's going to get a whole lot of work either way. And then lastly, Dalvin Cook, we have over under. 80 rushing yards against the bears. Oh, that is a tough one. You know, in this case, I'm going to take the under, but I think it's going to be close. You, like you said, the bears have given up big chunks of yards to running backs earlier in the season. Um, but they are a really stout defense. And so I, and this is a, especially because they're at home at soldier field. That's a tough place to play. I guess a little bit less tough without, you know, full crowd there, but, um, still, and yeah, I, I think that I've got to take the under, but I think it's going to be close to that 80. Yeah. Mm, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one because just, I just wanted to, uh, look, look through, uh, just his game, just his game log so far this season. He really, he's really eaten up like some of the, some of the worst, uh, run defense in the NFL to kind of, to, to really boost his stats up. But, uh, like against the against the Seahawks held to 65 against the Colts who have one of the uh, like top top three and um, pat the, on the like fewest passing yards or and rushing yards per game season 63 against mm-hmm. the Packers the first game this year uh, 50 and then like Lions Lions Texans Titans he's over 130 against all of them <laughs> and then and then I, we saw what he did going over 160 against the Packers the second time around. Yeah. So I don't think there's, yeah, I think the, just the sample size of him against like actual run stopping defenses where he's still going to be able to, he's still going to uh, catch passes here and there too. And don't take anything away from like, as far as scoring upside, because he's going to get the ball when it's down, when it's uh, in the red zone, but yardage, I, I think I'm leaning uh, toward the under as well. Just given, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing yeah, it. Yeah. Because the that worst, was just he kills. Yeah, that was just rushing yards, right? Because if we yeah. were factoring, okay, if we were factoring in total yards, I would probably take the over. For sure. But yeah, if we're just taking, if we're just talking rushing yards, then yes, I'm taking the under. And now uh, just, we need, we definitely need to do a better job of getting you guys just um, putting your eyes on some waiver wire targets. So just given, just given injuries and uh, performances just week to week. We're going to try and um, lock it, uh, th- just throw a couple names out to you, just quarterback, running back, wide receiver, 
uh, tight end. It's a little bit tricky on defense special teams because for the most part, you know, you you throw them in the, you throw them in there. If they have a great week, they have a great week. It's mm-hmm. at least as far as season, if, at least as far as uh, season long goes. But yeah, I just want to go ahead and run through a couple, and then if you think of any uh, just along the way, also, you know, we can see some people who maybe uh, the general public is lower on, but could have some uh, solid performances at back at the quarterback position. Uh, I think have Tua and uh, Drew Locke um, on my radar, both when I was looking in just ownership uh, across ESPN, uh, ESPN and Yahoo uh, season long leagues under 30% for the most part, Drew Locke um, was actually, he was uh, also in that Millie maker line from um, last week. He's thrown for 40, he's thrown 40 plus passing attempts for three straight games um, coming back from that shoulder strain that he, uh, that he had that uh, sidelined him for a little bit. But yeah, the stack of him and uh, him and Jerry Judy were both in that lineup. So I got I got a little piece of that, but I, I was in the Millie Maker, but I didn't quite uh, hit on some of the uh, hit on some of the other stuff. But yeah, Locke is throwing the ball a ton, and he seems like uh, Jerry Judy has become his guy. He's thrown twenty four passes to Jerry Judy in the past two weeks. So I think yeah, I think I think I think that group, and then also uh, Noah Fan who wanted to hurt his ankle again early and uh, last week gave me a scare. So yeah, I think uh, the, Bron- the Broncos are throwing the ball out. And then Tua, we saw, was able to rebound from that 93 uh, passing yards. And he's going to be a lot better than he looked um, in his debut. And Tua is going to face some bad defense in these coming weeks. He's going to come over the Chargers. He has the Chargers up next. Um, he's going to be playing the Jets, I think, in two weeks. And he's got like another one of those uh, teams who's given up a ton of, a, a ton of points. Uh, to quarterback. So yeah, those guys are on my radar. One of the guys who was on my radar in part because he played for the Ohio State University, but also I really like the way that he's being used right now in Carolina. And I think that with, um, I think that with McCaffrey tweaked again, potentially with a shoulder injury, um, Curtis Samuel. I think that he is a guy who should be available. I don't know what the, um, I don't know what his roster percentages off the top of my head, but he, you know, he's a guy that I know got dropped quite a bit early in the yeah. season because he wasn't really a factor, but he has been worked into the game plan more lately. And so he might be a guy to, if you need somebody, he's a guy, a very versatile weapon that you can add. And he seems to really be gaining traction and becoming a bigger part of their game plan than Carolina. Yeah. Cause, cause he's a, he's another guy who I had. Um, I had his name. I had his name down as well. Cause um, I was lower on him coming into this next week with uh, McCaffrey coming back. And then he still, mm-hmm. he gets three carries to Mike Davis's one, mm-hmm. uh, which was, yeah, which surprised me. I thought he wasn't going to get any more uh, backfield work. And from what I saw, I know I'm sure it's uh, risen a little bit now with something, something in like the mid thirties, as far as owner, as uh, ownership wise, which now mm-hmm. I'm sure people have kind of come around, like as it's coming into, as it's coming into the weekend, but yeah, if you can get them, and then just while we're on uh, wide receivers, another one, uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, with New with New England has just out of nowhere become Cam Newton's favorite guy with mm-hmm. uh, Nona Kill Harry and Julian Edelman, and he was priced up because I was playing the show I was playing a showdown slate um, on on DraftKings for that uh, for that Monday game, and I think he was he was priced something like nine like nine thousand because you know there are so few options in the captain spot. What you would think, Jacoby Meyer? He was literally like 
their fourth, like fourth string receiver, like two, three weeks ago, but he's getting, he's getting a ton of, tar- he's getting a ton of targets and probably could flirt with uh 10 plus for a third straight week. Mm-hmm. And another guy that I think that he clearly, you know, a fresh start was necessary because Nelson Aguilar was not really contributing at all in Philadelphia and he seems to be catching on in Las Vegas. And so that's another guy that um, I already had him on a couple of season long rosters, hoping that he would pan out. And I was super disappointed about that. Now I'm glad that I held on to him and he's a guy that a lot of people didn't hold on to. So if you need a receiver, he might be available. And that's a guy that I would consider giving a shot. Before we get to some defensive special team, I just want to uh, hit running, hit running backs. If you have any tight ends uh, can also be tough, but I think there's, um, there's a really big one that a lot of, that a lot of people are missing on as tight ends. But first I'm going to start with running backs. Always, always very affected by injuries. We saw uh, David Johnson suffer, suffer concussion. And then Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson comes in behind him. Another one of those uh, all purpose backs who gets uh, 20 touches, finds the end zone after because uh David David Johnson went down in the first quarter, uh, and he's he's question he's questionable coming into this next game. So uh, essentially, Duke Johnson's going to get all the work. Wayne Gallman, out of nowhere in New York, has become their top guy with, uh, since Freeman has been dealing with that ankle injury. Scored three straight week and three straight weeks. Uh, the Giants have kind of started to climb out as that um, like lowest or like second lowest uh, rushing total team in the NFL. They've been able to figure that out some while they are using like a good amount of other running backs. Like I, uh, like I talked about some of the guys they're bringing up from the practice squad in their last game and were able to contribute against the Buccaneers. Gallman is typically getting uh, 10 plus carries and he's also uh, catching a couple passes in there as well. And then one of the biggest surprises probably at um, running back this past week, Kalen Ballard, he's coming up against uh, the Miami Dol- the Miami Dolphins who, released him after he failed his physical early this year. So revenge game narrative going on there. So if you believe in that and you think he's going to show up <laughs> and out carry Joshua Kelly again, then yeah, you might want to get some in him because uh, they're looking to rest Justin Jackson in practice this week. And it'll probably be a game time, a game time decision with whether uh, Jackson plays. So it could be an even split between those two, or if he looks as good as he looked last time out, then he could uh, be the lead guy again. I got to tell you, I've taken a chance on Joshua Kelly a few times this year in DFS and every single time <laughs> he has let me down. I will definitely be looking toward Kalen Balaj instead because I just, yeah, Joshua Kelly has not been consistent enough for me to feel comfortable with, with yeah, him. They saw those early, those early, like first two, three weeks. He had, he had like 17, like 23 carries. And mm-hmm. then after that, he just completely fell off a cliff. I and think it's that, because I started putting him in my DFS lineup. I ruined everything. That might be it. Deep apologies. <laughs> Two tight ends I want to touch on, which I'm sure Jimmy Graham has moved up, but I saw he was uh, 40, pretty much 49% rostered. And he's at, at this point, uh, top five or six tight end, like regardless of like standard PPR leagues and season long. So like, how, how is he not owned in over half of, Oh, like over half of these leagues where, you know, he kind of a lot. I think it's kind of a narrative of like Cole, Cole Komet and some of those other, those other guys, because they use a lot of tight ends uh, Demetrius Harris and Allen Rob and Allen Robinson gets uh, targeted a ton as the main 
um, is the main uh, cog in the like passing attack. But Jimmy Graham is, uh, you know, he's toward the top. I want to say five receiving touchdowns on the year. Might need to check that really quick. But yeah, um, he's, he gets a lot of he gets a lot of red zone targets, and especially with um, David uh, David Montgomery dealing with that uh, injury, they have like no real third string running back. They're probably going to use Cordarrelle Patterson, who is a wide receiver and kick return guy. Um, out there so if they need like another red zone guy who's not the uh, the obvious Allen Robinson I could see Jimmy Graham uh, continuing to play well and then uh, Jordan Reed who everyone was uh, super high on just briefly when George Kittle uh, missed time earlier in the year he had that uh, he had the two touch he had two touchdown game it was his first game back off the IR um, in their last game he only played 12 or 13 snaps but just yeah, on, on that San Francisco team, it's just been like so torn just just across the board at all positions. They're going to want to get a more dynamic playmaker at that tight end spot. And I think his snap count rises coming in. I don't think he's going to play 12 or 13 snaps for another week. I think he just needs to get back in the flow of things. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he was kind of a lower-owned guy who uh, popped. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Um, they're really in a bind because of Kittle being out, and so I can definitely see that being the case did you have any uh any um running backs or i just i just i just uh, picked a couple there, there's so there's so many but any other uh running yeah you backs kind of you in? hit the yeah you hit the the running backs that i was um that i was thinking about um mark ingram is another one uh playing against the patriots and then tevin coleman who has been injured this year i think that you know uh, Mike or Kyle Shanahan obviously has extensive familiarity with him from his time in Atlanta. And then now in San Francisco, the Niners are so depleted at this point because of injuries. Um, But I still know that Shanahan knows how to put running backs in positions to succeed. So Tevin Coleman's really the only other guy at running back who stands out to me. I got to say tight end. Like I enjoyed hearing what you had to say about it because it's a position that I am having some issues with in season long. And so that was helpful information for me. I don't have anything to add (laughs) because I'm already having trouble with my own rosters at tight end. (laughs) I know so much about tight ends because all my receivers are like fault like they're just like dropping like five <laughs> so last week I got my because I yeah it's just so like the, the league I mean it's so hard to find anyone off the waiver wire because it's so yeah deep. like uh, you immediately have to if you immediately jump in like after an injury happens you pretty much have no chance so I had I used three tight ends in last week and they all and they all got me uh 10 plus fantasy points so nice <laughs> I just had like no options. So I was like, I'm just like looking as like, what tight ends can I like, who, who can give me a chance? And then uh, lastly, just some uh, defense special teams guys um, are te- under um, 50% owned. The Philadelphia Eagles are, have that rematch against the Giants where they turned them over, a co- they turned them over a couple of times. Uh, Giants second lowest scoring team on a points per game basis, only above the Jets. So even if they're, ba- even if they're back in MetLife, I think the, unless Daniel Jones is going to run for 92 yards again. I think uh, that they can get a couple sacks and maybe uh, force a fumble or two there. And then the New Orleans, and then New Orleans Saints uh, taking on the 49ers. I think they have an ideal uh, matchup. Even even if they have their um, some of their wideouts coming back, uh, Debo Samuel's uh, looking to come back as well as Brandon Ayuk. But still, just at the running back position, and we know the Saints haven't given up a hundred yard game to anyone in like seems like a million years. So I think, mm-hmm. I think that's one that uh, could be slept on as well. But, you know, there's mm-hmm. it's so hit or miss on defense. Sometimes just like 
the most random cheap team has like 23 points or something like that. Yeah. You just have to live with it. Yeah. um, In DFS, I just tried to play the defense that is playing the Jets that week. That's my entire strategy. Um, But one of the, I think that the defenses that the defense I'm most interested in this week is actually the Packers because playing against a rookie quarterback, who's only making a second start. And I mean, he was good last week, but playing in green Bay in November when it's going to be cold and the Jaguars are definitely not from a cold region. And so I just think that that creates a really nice matchup for the green Bay defense. So that's definitely a team that I'm keeping my eye on. I ended up paying up for the the Steelers last week and they gave me seven. So I was like, oh. I, really, <laughs> I, was like I really, I really paid like 40, like 4,900 on draft, like for a defense. And I, they did that for me. So. Yeah. But yeah. I, like, I really should not invest this much in this, but I, I want to believe in them so bad. So mm-hmm. it made me sad that day. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys have given us every reason to believe in the Steelers <laughs> against them, but you know, who knows every, any given Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I've touched on, I've touched on some of mine kind of just as we uh, just worked through this stuff ahead of uh, week 10 so for um, hits and misses uh, stacking the Denver Broncos that did a lot for me. Cause I got some like close to close to 60 fantasy points um, on DraftKings between Drew Locke and uh, Jerry Judy. So that worked well for me. Also Dalvin Cook, who was my lock of the week last week, uh, kept coming on strong. And then my sleeper, Jordan Howard, even though yards per carry, he was terrible, had like 19 19 yards on 10 carries, but he's their big goal line guy and he got in the end zone on a touchdown. I did not, I didn't use him, but he worked out fine for me. And then I wish I would have uh, paid up elsewhere at running back because I played Derrick Henry and he got me something like seven fantasy points so mm-hmm. that yeah that that wasn't the best I I should have played that, that riskier play and paid up for uh, Christian McCaffrey and I could have cashed out a little bit more so well I had a terrible week in DFS last week however uh, I did have a couple of players who were big hits and I was thrilled about it Justin Herbert I really like the matchup um, the Chargers lost again I think that they are the Falcons of the AFC West mm-hmm. because they find new ways to lose games on a regular basis but he still ended up exceeding expectations with uh, over 26 points so I was really pleased with that performance and then Terry McLaurin um, again another Another Buckeye, a little bit biased. Um, he's one of my favorite players, but he had a huge game, 27.5 points, which was especially big considering that his quarterback went down with an injury um, early in that game. So was thrilled to see that. And then um, Hollywood Brown was my biggest letdown last week. He only ended up with 6.8 points. Um, and then Chase Claypool, he actually was one of my hits last week too. He was back up to over 15 points this week. So I was glad that I went ahead and, and took a chance on him again, even though the week before it did not pan out for me. I think my sneaky stack uh, coming into this week is going to be built around Alex Smith mm-hmm. because yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause he's going to, he's going to be cheap on like the lower, like lower 5,000. I want to say somewhere between 52 and 5,400. Yeah, on, on DraftKings, Terry, Mc, Terry McLaurin went over. He had that. A lot of it came from that uh, catch and run touchdown mm-hmm. that he'd have. But seven of his eight targets for 115. And then uh, I'll get to a little bit later on. But like I think those two and a running back could be um, a really good low owned stack if you're uh, if you're looking to kind of pay up in some other places. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Antonio Gibson is is a decent option at running back. I've played him the last couple of weeks. Um, this past week, you know, he didn't set the world on fire or anything, but 13.5 points at his price, I am more than happy with. So he did have one fumble, which obviously isn't ideal, but, um, you know, one touchdown, 35 receiving yards, only 20 rushing yards. But if he gets in the end zone, that's all that matters. And uh, three receptions. So pretty solid day for somebody who cost $5,800. So I like that stack idea. I might test it out this week and see how that goes. Yeah. And then uh, that running back situation pops up in my uh, lock and sleeper of the week. Um, conversation. So Allen Robinson is uh, who I want to lock, who I want to lock in against Minnesota, who, you know, third, third most passing yards per game that they're giving up this year. Robinson only Stefan Diggs has more targets than him on the year. So, um, you know, I don't think too much more needs to be said about that. If he gets his, if he gets his uh, normal targets, maybe not a ton of yards for foals or anything, but Robinson for the most part gets his, and I think there's a good chance for a ceiling game. Um, from him, if that were, if that works out well, and then uh, sleep. My sleeper of the week is JD McKissick. Um, unless I, I'm I'm pretty high on him, unless um, Gibson is Gibson is uh, back at 100. percent He only had six carries last game. I was reading up on uh, his his shoulder a shoulder injury. He's been he's been a little bit limited. But one thing that really popped to me is when they kind of tried to get Alex Smith some just like quick gimmies here and there on. Uh, just screen and uh, just screen routes and those shorter routes out of the backfield. Jaden McKissick uh, led the Washington football team with 14 targets last game and he caught nine passes. So he doesn't get, he doesn't get a ton of carries. He had like three, but if Antonio Gibson is ruled out, I think at uh, 4,900, he could return a lot of value, especially against, against the lions who rank dead last against running backs on DraftKings. But it, like, if he's the sole guy, I'm going to be pretty high on him. So between him and him and Gibson, but it's just monitoring where Gibson is this week. And then before I make the final decision on that, what do we have next? Uh, yeah, let's get to, I want to come back to the money line to, well, I can't really say money line right now because it is not set, but when it, once it comes out, uh, Washington as a four point four and a half point underdog, um, against the Lions coming up with Matthew Stafford. If he does not have um, Kenny Galladay for another game, Washington, they have, they've had a little bit of a cheat code as far as their uh, passing yards per game. They've given up the, the least passing yards in the NFL, but uh, a lot of that came from that Cowboys game from when Andy Dalton went down because, yeah, that, that helped them a lot. So something – they're at like 185, 185 yards passing yards. They're giving up a game. Fourth in sacks with 27. They got Chase Young on that defensive line. Defensive line, very underrated there. And I think if Stafford doesn't have his go-to guy, he could get uh, flustered. And, you know, they can, they can still they can score the foot, they can score the football and they have uh, a solid amount of weapons. So I think uh, Detroit could I think Detroit could definitely lose that game. That's um, when I'm interested in. I see Lions fans comments on our Lions site, Pride of Detroit, and boy, they are not fans of Matt Patricia. They are not fans of how the season is going. And so I think that our, our Pride of Detroit readers out there would definitely agree with you on that one. And then, uh, yeah, lastly, just if we have any players that we think should be in the doghouse. 
I'm so frustrated with him that I'm going to use his full name, Thomas Patrick Edward Brady. He is, I've got one, yes, I've got one season long league where it's a dual quarterback league and I have Cam and Tom Brady. And that is not working out for me. (laughs) It did not work out for me last week. That was just a terrible performance against the Saints. And as a Falcons fan, I am contractually obligated to hate the Saints with the fire of a thousand burning suns. So not only did Tom Brady tank my fantasy team, but he also forced me to watch the Saints win a dominant game in primetime. Actually, I didn't have to watch it. I'm on vacation. My husband was texting me updates. So I I at least didn't have to experience it in real life. I just had to live it vicariously through my husband's text. But it was brutal. I I actually didn't catch any of that game live, but I I thought about putting together a lineup for it. And then I I think I – I had gotten home from like walk from walking the dog and I just checked the score and I saw like the halftime score line. I was like, what? I was just like, I, yeah. I, I was definitely glad I got none of that. And I like, didn't, didn't spend enough time. like look at like looking into like the pricing or anything like that. And yeah. Uh, at one point, yeah. my husband said, you know, it was 28 to nothing. And I was like, I just want it to be 28 to three. And then I want Tom Brady to come back from 28 to three and beat the saints. That would have been perfect, but none of that happened. It, and it, it was, it was definitely the- far from that. <laughs> It was the worst. And yeah, I'm going to, we're going to stick with that Buccaneers theme. For me, it is Ronald Jones, who was just complete. We talked about him a couple, a couple weeks ago about how he's really coming into his own and had those three straight hundred yard games. And now uh, he's been playing like 10, like, like 10 to 13 snaps. Now he had three carries his last game. And now he's coming into a matchup against the Carolina Panthers where that was the first game Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette really showed up and uh, went for over 100 yards against uh, the Panthers, who at the time I think had the uh, worst, run, worst run defense on, um, on DraftKings. So now coming, coming back there, he's essentially being like phased out. I think he's been held under like six or seven carries for like now three, now like two or three games straight now. So it looks like he's just not, it looks like he's just not going to be a factor anymore unless he can, uh, reassert himself. I haven't heard anything about from Bruce Arians because he's, you know, he preached early in the season. Like, oh, he's he's the guy. He's the he's mm-hmm. the top guy until he loses his job. But then they didn't want to. They stopped using him as soon as Leonard Fournette got healthy on the tail end of three straight hundred yard games. So uh, yeah, I I don't want any part of uh, Ronald Jones. He'll probably be super low owned. So if he if he hits and you guys like want to play want to play, I'm telling you, no one will be on Ronald Jones. <laughs> uh, and week 10 so yep put that out there if you want the super if you want just like the super low owned variance play he's a guy super a super sleeper yeah he's a deep sleeper <laughs> i just won't touch myself no same and yeah that's uh everything for this week and this week i will get in the fantasy league you guys locked me out again i was like what oh no even, even earlier yeah i wasn't able to get in but yeah as soon as it as soon as it drops i'll be reserving my spot this time around okay listen. I, actually had, I actually had a really good lineup too and i was sad that i like was that i wasn't in it all right i'm gonna dm it to you before i post it and that oh, way I, I you can that. join and that way that way our listeners can actually play along with both of us instead of just taking my money maybe yeah. one of us can take their money that would be better so it even out. yeah that would be good yes so yeah, thank you so much for listening today. Um, you can, like Amir was saying, play DFS with us on DraftKings. 
we set up a standard lineup with a $50,000 salary cap. Uh, it's 10 person contest. We can do multiple leagues if there's enough interest. It's a $10 buy-in and the top three payout. You can check my Twitter, uh, Gina Thomas, J-E-A-N-N-A Thomas to join in the fun. And you can find me at it's underscore miracle, A-M-E-E-R-I-C-L-E. Uh, yeah, go ahead and jump in there. Maybe it's looking like the interest has been bumped up. We've been filling out uh, pretty quickly in two of the last three weeks. So maybe mm-hmm. we can do I pinky promise that I'll be in this next one because <laughs> I'm going to have the cheat code because Gina's going to shoot it to me so I can uh, get in early. But yeah, uh, go ahead and play DFS with favorite form and drop your fantasy DFS and gambling questions in the comments with a five-star review and we'll answer them on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. And we will catch you next time.